going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, and this is Kristen. Say hello, Kristen. Hi. And this is the Flix Fix, and we're going on with the Alien Trilogy. We're talking about Aliens. Because it doesn't get Not a two. Aliens, too. Yeah. Aliens. Aliens. Well, the two got flipped. I don't I don't know. Uh, how do we feel about this movie? I guarantee you it was better than the first one, right? I I am way less negative about this one than I am the last one. <laughs> You're not coming into Although, this like, uh, people are going to hate me. Travis told me that I my opinion is very different from Rotten Tomatoes on the uh, last one. Oh, is it high on the first one? He said, I think he said it was 98%. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is, like, from at the time, it was, like, groundbreaking at the time. That they weren't expecting somebody, you know, a lot of years later looking at it for the first time. Now that we've had so much other movie history uh, after it. but I'm about to look it up just to, just to confirm, so keep talking. <laughs> Alright, no, I was just going to say, I'm going to sort of back up what I said in our last pod, which is basically uh, the Alien trilogy suffers from a little bit of Terminator syndrome, where you kind of have to suffer through the first one, and then get to all the fun that's in the second one. This, this one was a lot better. He, uh, Spaz was right. It is a lot more, and it's and it's not to say, oh my god, it's going to blow your socks off either. I just ninety-seven percent. Think... Oh, that's aliens. Sorry, hang well, on, gotta look up alien. Ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomato. There you go. For alien. For, for aliens. aliens. For aliens. <laughs> I think it's going to eventually become like an extra syllable. It's like, are we talking about alien or aliens? Z. Um. The cast in this one. 98, 98% for Alien. The first one. On Rotten Tomato. Nice. The cast in this one is a lot more fun, for though. The, uh, yeah, 94% for the audience. I am in the minority. But anyways, yeah. I like this one a lot better. There's a lot more fun with the cast in this one. Sigourney Weaver, obviously, not being, like, having to go through that arc all over again, where she's, oh, just random worker in random situation that had to become a leader, like, she's sort of already there like i'm gonna tell you what's going on kiss my ass type thing i mean paul reiser my favorite thing is that the guy, I, my favorite thing is that the guy is like i'm going a little into the movie but the guy is like all you have to do is advise and if i were sigourney weaver and i had fought those things before and one people didn't believe me that they were real and all of this bullshit and you're holding my job over me and all that shit i would have been like fine, that's all I'm doing is advising, and I would have stayed the fuck on the ship. Well, this is what I was going to say. Like, if you, if all you need me there for is an advisory capacity, here, give me a computer. I'll write you some pamphlets, and you can fuck off. But, um, but no, uh, the cast, you know, we, we said uh, when we did the Godzilla trilogy, the cast in the second one, being Kong, had a whole lot of actors that were really, really fun. Uh, in this one... They're sort of from all over the place. Sigourney Weaver obviously carries over from the first one. Paul Reiser and Bill Paxton both have, like, comedy backgrounds, if you're familiar with them now. Um, Lance Henriksen, who plays Bishop, is in a lot of different weird shit and always plays a little bit of a weird character. In this case, it happens to be an android. And Carrie Henn, I don't know what the hell else she's in, but she plays the Rebecca slash Newt character and she's one of the best characters in the movie she is she's potentially. like she's like one of my favorite characters in the movie i mean after she's we... like you're all gonna fucking die <laughs> when when they're all trying to make a plan and she's just sitting there in the corner like it won't make any difference 
Jesus Christ, kid. My favorite thing is when Sigourney Weaver's like, they're here to protect you, and then, like, more than 50% of them die, and they get stuck on the planet's surface. <laughs> She's like, oh, remember, bitch, when they were supposed to protect me? Yeah, how's that going? Well, it, working made, out. it made me think of... Um... What's the what's the shitty Jurassic Park where they go and they have to like find the kid that's lost on the island and he's living in some like old one. shuttle or whatever and yes. he's like keeping the dinosaurs away by like throwing jars of piss at them. T Rex Be- piss. I remember that one because I'm one of the few people that likes that one. I mean, as long as you don't try to compare it to the original, like no. you're, you're pretty fine. <laughs> uh, but it's very much like that here. Like you have to kind of laugh. At the, uh, you know, the only survivor is this, like, ten-year-old kid walking around with their creepy Sid-style doll head. And we'll get to the doll head, because the doll head (laughs) plays a lot of good comedy shtick in all this. We're going to get to this. You and I saw different cuts of this this time around. Uh, Yes, uh, I did not get a hold of the director's cut. Uh, uh, Boyfriend gets them on a thing, and so... uh, (laughs) So you get what you get. It wasn't until partway... We were partway through the movie. I'm like, wait, is this the director's cut? And he goes, let me check. Nope. And I'm like, well, oh well. Well, I'll tell you something. In this case, I think you're better not because there's a big added in chunk here that I actually think takes away from a little bit of the mystery of the movie. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. But also, uh, getting back to the Carrie Henn character for a second, it does change uh, the dynamic of a show, of a movie like this when you do have uh, a young person character in the mix because a there's somebody that all the adults are arrogant enough to think that they're going to protect but there's also you know a kid that doesn't bullshit where it's like no you're you're all going to die like you're trying you to tap you're, tra- you're you're trying to tap dancing she makes me think of that's why i was trying to run away from you i had this shit locked down already didn't she, need she, your fucking help. She's got her little hiding space in the garbage area, like Star Wars style, too, which is kind of cool. Um, it's weird, though, because she's a good character, but, like, the way she speaks to them, and it's all, like, quiet and, like, sort of matter-of-fact, it makes me think of the, like, Red Queen hologram from the Resident Evil movies. Because mm-hmm. there's no inflection. There's no really, really, really excited, really, really down, really, really happy, really, really sad. It's just, like, you're going to to die and that's just how no, it is I mean, she, she's only been traumatized by her whole family being killed i mean the entire the the entire much, much like the jurassic park example like the idea that she's the only one that's still alive is one of those it's a movie you, you just go with it and move on hey sometimes that shit happens yeah, but I mean, if you're if it's looking at surviving wilder in the wilderness all the damn time. Yeah, but if you're a dinosaur or an alien, like Newt's like a really good appetizer. Yeah, if they can get to her in that tiny space. I mean, the chestbursters are are small for a little bit. Now the That's problem true. problem is if they go down there small, they grow really quick, and then they wouldn't be able to get out. So it's like you exactly. gotta make you gotta make that appetizer last. You gotta like learn portioning. And that's really difficult for some people. Anyways, not talking about myself, obviously, because I am talking about myself. So we start the movie right on the tails, or what looks like the tails of the last movie. Now, this movie, in actuality, came out about seven years later. I think it came out in 86. Yes. So, a, ni- a nice uh, old... It a nice came old... out in 80... Yeah, it did come out in 86. 
nice old gap of time. It's not like, you know, Marvel that we talk about so much where we're going to get three or four in a year. This is back in the day where you potentially waited ten years for your sequels and whatnot. But you, you find out eventually that it's been a lot longer than that. But we open it up, and it is kind of like the last one where we start with the, the, the quiet, the dark, the sort of panning across space, panning through the, the ship where she's in. Um, it's all sort of exposition through machine because they start realizing there's a, a proximity alert and somebody else is picking them up and eventually they pan over her shuttle as they're searching it. And the random dickheads that have, have found her ship, as soon as they see there's a body on board, one of them's like, oh shit, there goes our salvage. Basically, oh shit, there's a survivor. Gosh darn. I like I like the idea that they're honorable pirates, that they're like, eh, I mean, we can't steal shit on here if somebody's alive. Yeah, but imagine being disappointed that somebody's alive. <laughs> like, I know I that mean, the, yeah. I know that that's me being super humanitarian about the whole thing in a in a sci-fi movie, but it I does. Was like, what thought? So you and I had very opposite opinions because hmm. I was like, what thoughtful pirates? They're well, not going to rob a bunch of shit if there's somebody still here. Well, it's like the two maintenance guys in the first movie when, like, no matter what the new development in the story is, it's like, so, it's so, get paid. do we do we get our shares? <laughs> this is like the do we get our shares of this movie, and it's over pretty yes. quick. Um, now, they have the 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 Ripley wake up and probably if you if you are if you had seen the first one and you've waited this long for there to be a sequel uh probably something that scared the shit out of you right quick um she has the immediate wake up fake out almost chest burster thing she's talking to the nurse well and this is when the this is when they tell this is when the guy tells her that she's been asleep she's been out for 57 years yeah, 57-year cryosleep, and he comes in with the fucking cat. <laughs> I like that the cat stayed home this time. He was like, mm, she even tells the cat, like, you're staying home for this one. He's like, <laughs> he gives her this look like, fuck yeah, I'm staying home. <laughs> um, He's kind of a dick. This is the Paul Reiser Burke character, and Paul Reiser go way way back in the day look at shows like mad about you look at other like small comedy movies that he's done he is the perfect actor i think to play this wiener like company man character he comes off so arrogant he makes me think for for the wrestling fans out there which is probably most of you he makes me think of michael cole a little bit in the like yeah a little he, bit that, that makes a lot of sense he's slimy you don't really believe it he's probably a good guy somewhere in there but he's going to feed you whatever. And then he starts telling her the situation of, you know, it's just it's just blind luck that a salvage team found you when you did. You could have been out there forever. You know, you, you coasted out of the systems and it's just blind luck we found you. You're lucky to be alive. And then she has another chestburster nightmare. Uh, she goes through this big thing. Like after she found out that she's been asleep for 57 years, the nurse comes in on their little like intercom, like FaceTime thing and asks her if she wants some meds, and she's like, well, no, I've slept enough. Something to help you sleep, and she yeah. says, I've slept enough. Um, I don't know if this is in the actual cut or not, but it is in the extended cut, so this is where we're going to kind of go off in two directions here. There's this weird scene where she's in a fake forest room, 
Like, it's supposed to be some relaxation room, but she, like, changes the channel on the wall, and then everything turns into, like, fake forest. And Bert comes back and brings a, a bunch of files. And, hey, you know, I looked up your family and rah 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 I found your daughter, because obviously, like, the last time she saw her daughter, the, her daughter was, like, 11. And it's like, you know, such and such, Ripley, I can't even remember the name right now, uh, passed away two years ago at the age of 66. So her daughter died technically older than her. So that's weird. I'm pretty sure that's from the extended cut, but it is that that was not in the cut I saw. And I'm going to say that it's in the extended cut because it didn't really change anything for me. It didn't. Uh, I'm not against it. It's just a, like a little bit of extra exposition, extra, Oh, look at all this sadness and sad news that she's dealing with and whatnot. When we get to some other stuff that doesn't need to be there that I know is from the extended cut. It's way more offensive than this, but this is just, it's weird. It looks, it looks tacked into the movie because the whole scene, the way it's shot, the way it's filmed and everything doesn't even look like the rest of the movie. So extended cuts, not always a good thing. But that was definitely in the extended cut because I did not get that scene at all. We, uh, we go to her hearing about what happened to the Nostromo, the destruction of the ship itself. She tries to explain the events of the alien invasion about settling down on LV-426, how they they think she blew up the ship for reasons unknown, uh, and there's no signs of the creatures that she's described on their planet. And when she asks... And she's like, yeah, because I... Uh, she's like, they're like, the ship's... Some of the data... Uh, uh, coincides with your story but you know most of it's gone and she's like and there are no like remains of the alien she's like yeah because i blew it out the fucking airlock and it wasn't from there it was a derelict ship we we honed in on its beacon it wasn't from there we just found it there but when they say some of your story applies they're really doing it sarcastically too with the uh well you guys set down on that planet we don't know why and then you took off we don't know why and then you blew up the ship we don't know why like so all some of your story basically matches they're up, being but, assholes but none of your story they're matches basically up. doing the they're basically doing the you lost us millions of dollars thing yeah and as they're leaving and she's all frustrated or whatever and she just pulls one of them aside and says why don't you just go and look there and the guy's like, people have been living there for 20 years. Uh, they've never reported any hostile organism. And he's, what does he say? Like, there's 50 families there? And she's like, well, fuck. Because... 70. I think he said there's like 70 families. Yeah. Well, when he, it's when he says the, words, the word families, though, because immediately if you say families, you think kids. And she's thinking, okay, these kids are going to be alien snacks. Well, um, now if you now that I'm thinking of that, uh, I can see maybe why they put the scene talking about her daughter there, because then that kind of puts her in the mindset of families. I can also see why it's not needed. Yeah, but I think you get that later on with her after when we get to the point of her interacting with Re Rebecca and Newt, and she talks about her daughter at that point, and she talks about the families that were there at that point. I don't like I say. Maybe if it was done better, maybe if it looked like it remotely fit into the movie, but it feels like they cut and paste a scene out of another movie. That's just my opinion. You feel like it's tacked on. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is really, like, 
even like the coloring like i I hate to go down to something as simple as like the videography of it all like it doesn't fit the theme of the movie at all it's it's jarring um at the end of this at the end of this trial that they have for her they say they tell her basically your license is suspended we're going to find you some job somewhere else but hey you should thank us we're not going to give you any criminal charges for blowing up that ship and saving your own life um then we have the other part and this is the part i know would, wouldn't have been on your copy we do flip to a scene at on LV426 at the sort of uh settler camp area called Hadley's Hope. Uh, it's all owned by the Wayland Corporation. There's 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 training videos going on everywhere. There's Wayland logos on it. Wayland is basically the company from uh, from the last movie. Uh, their branding is on everything. There's families everywhere. Like there's people trying to do like space work, but like other people's shitty kids are like riding around on tricycles and then you meet rebecca and her brother and her parents and they all go out on a nice little family exploration and they find the ship from prometheus that we saw very briefly in the last alien movie yeah yeah i find it very ironic that like they've been there for 20 years and now that ripley wakes up they haven't found it (laughs) that's when somebody finds it i mean because movie right but also I don't need to be, like, because I've seen the original, like, way, way, way back in the day before I bought the versions that I've had, I used to have this on VHS because I'm old, and now I'm watching this on a relatively new Blu-ray set that I have, knowing that I've seen the originals and knowing that this shit is not in there, and knowing that we're going to hear Newt talk about this later, and there's certain things that are more effective if you have a terrified person telling you about it than just, yeah, here's what happened. Didn't need that. Didn't need that. Should have. Should have take. Should have clicked on the theatrical uh, version link on the on the thing. But it, it, it's. I'm sort of blasting through it because I really wish it wasn't there. So we basically see what Rebecca tells Ripley about later. Uh, we go back. We got Burke talking to Ripley. I mean, perfect timing, as as you just said, is the next note that I literally have on my little clipboard here. Uh, they've lost track of the colony on LV-426. Wow, isn't a, that a coincidence? What a shock. <laughs> they ask her to join the Colonial Marine Corps as a consultant. They uh, they mock her because she, she initially says no. She's like, I got a job. I got stuff I got to do here. I got a paycheck. It's fine. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess you're uh, you're having fun working on the loading docks. Uh, tells her he can get her reassigned. It's honest work, yeah. It's good work. It 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 is, and it's probably smart work. <laughs> like, uh, maybe go and die again, or basically do what I do. Maybe in real go life. and die again and get a better job. Be able to get a better job. He basically says that they blacklisted her from like any yeah. like good level of job. I just like it's funny for me to watch this now because as most people know, I work in a warehouse. So basically, he's mocking her for having my job. <laughs> so, watch. You're like, fuck off, asshole. Fuck off, Paul Reiser. Nobody asked you. Uh, tells her she can get her flight license reinstated if she goes. Uses her psych evaluation against her, which is which is kind of shitty. Tells her that he knows she hasn't been sleeping, and she says no. But. Clearly, because it's a movie, when the main character says no, immediately they're going to say yes. She has another night terror. She freaks out, grab it at her chest, 
does their little like credit card FaceTime thing makes him promise that they're going there to wipe them out and not to study them or bring them back. Which I mean Clearly can... is what Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the 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 asshole inhuman person is an actual human this time around. But basically says, Alright, I'm in and then magically he goes back to sleep. Their whole like I said this in the first one and I'm gonna say it again here. Their whole like tech setup that was probably really cool to look at back in the day. Like, first movie had, like, knockoff Cerebro, and here they have, like, little credit card Skype machines. <laughs> and it's... You can tell that the movie thinks that they're doing a cool thing, but also they thought they were doing a cool thing, like, 30 In the 80s? Yeah, 30-ish years ago. More, more than 30-ish years ago. And, yeah... We get to the military vessel, and here's where all the here's where all the fun shit happens. Here's where you meet all the fun characters. It, there's only one locker room, and everybody's waking up from cryo sleep. So what did we learn in the last movie? Everybody has to be in their underwear. There we go. Everybody's in their underwear. Everybody wakes up from cryo sleep. We meet all the military officers. There is a fuck ton, and then some of all the macho BS of every '80s movie. Ever. They're all like fucking like I know not to not to stereotype all people in the military because there's a lot of them that are great. But think of the most stereotypical grunt, like grunt, Marine, Army men, whatever. Think of that. And that's what they all are. <laughs> Every single one of them. I mean, the only two other female officers in the entire platoon there immediately mock Ripley for being there as a consultant. And then you've got Vasquez, who's doing the pull-ups. Yeah, even the two females there are that character as well. And the two females, I guess, because they're females, are like that plus a little more on the top. Like, they're like extra they, douchey like, macho. Like, they took extra testosterone, person. like, I belong here, girls can do it too. It, yes. The one in there is Vasquez, they and, I, and I that they overcompensate for their for their gender, I guess, is what I guess they decide to go with. I mean, they do, but also it's it's played off really hilariously because you got Vasquez doing the pull-ups. One of the guys is giving her a hard time. Have you ever been mistaken for a man? No. Have you? Like that's cool. That was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. Every single time you've ever heard me rail on like inserting like extra feminist shit into like modern movies i'd rather it be something like that because that's something everybody can laugh at not captain marvel being awesome because everybody else is really lame so everybody a lot of people that i've talked to about this movie thought that like all the jokes like that would bug me and no i'm like that's where it's badass that's where they're like leveling up and like being one of the guys and like throwing shots with the guys and i love that shit because that's when you get into, like, Alice from Resident Evil or, uh, can't remember her name from Underworld, like, where they're not... I think her name is, like, Selena or yeah. Selena or something like that. Where, I mean, they may be one of the few female characters, but they're not under that, like, eh, we just threw in a token chick. No, she's probably gonna go kill some people. It, it's fine. And, like, you, you throw a shot at her, she's probably gonna take a shot back. I love Vasquez throughout this whole... 
movie. Uh, if it was a movie made in later times. I did time. not like her. I didn't like her at the very beginning because of the caddy bullshit at the beginning where it was lying. Look at this chick who's just a consultant and whatever. Uh, I end up really liking her after mm. all that shit because she's the only one that's like, well, we're still fucking Marines. We still have to, like, we still have shit to do. And, and meanwhile, Bill Paxton's being a bitch. Yes, meanwhile, Bill Paxton is like, game over, man. See, and this is the thing, like, I'm a huge fan of Michelle Rodriguez, who would have been a kid around the time that this was made, but I feel like if they did Aliens now, this is, like, the cut-and-paste Michelle Rodriguez yes, this role. Yes, this is pre-Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Proto-Michelle Rodriguez. Um, we go to the breakfast area. Hudson shows himself to be a little bit of a bitch, because Bishop comes along. Somebody else asks him to do the knife thing. He does the knife thing, like tapping the knife between all his fingers and whatnot. Hudson shits his pants and talks about how that's not really that He's funny. Like, it's not funny. And then, like, the droid, who should have, like, perfect precision and whatever while doing a trick like that, ends up cutting himself. It's an alien movie, so you gotta see the the, the white android goo coming out of his finger, and Ripley freaks well, out. Well, it's also to, like... It's also a little. It's also a little nod to like the he's not allowed to hurt humans. Well, they get to, they get is. to that. They instead get to that. Cut, yeah. Instead of cutting that guy, he cuts himself. I mean, it is that, but I mean, like his hand was like mirrored up to the other guy's hand, so not hurting the other guy should have implied it. But they need they need basically something to trigger Ripley because she freaks out because the last time she was near a droid, the droid because she's because she's android racist. Well, it's it's not it's not a bias if you just don't want to die and you know completely ineffective rolled up newspaper hijinks aside, uh, a droid did try to I'm kill her. She's a little. I'm just saying she's a little android racist. I, but she I mean, has a reason to it. But she's just a little hey, android racist. She redeems herself in the end, but she's just a little android racist. It's fine. Um, no, what I was gonna say is the world's changed a lot. That guy that tried to kill her was 57 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, that, no, like, when he tells, uh, when, uh, who is it that tells Bishop, well, they're all at the table. Oh, it's Burke. He tells Bishop, yeah, Burke tells Bishop, like, oh, it was a model, blah, 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 and Bishop's and he tried, like, yeah, but he, those, even, those even then, he, even, the then he, even then he tries to cover it up, though, he tries to be the company man, it's like, well, the artificial person malfunctioned. Oh, that was the other thing, the droid has political correctness, because it's not android, it's artificial person. Yes, I'm like, right. this, like this might, might have been the SJW prototype. Because <laughs> he's talking about artificial person. He's like, well, last time she was on a mission, the artificial person malfunctioned. And she's like, she looks at him like, bitch, what? <laughs> malfunctioned. By malfunction, you mean complete, malfunction. completely operating under the orders of the company. Um, she gives him the rundown of the mission. She gives them their account of the xenomorph. And basically, as you well, would... and see what's funny, they start they start mocking her before she even finishes the whole fucking story. Like she only gets to through the part where like the face hugger like yeah comes out. Yeah, but when they cut and her they off, start... their their leader doesn't even let her finish. It's like, well, we've got a report on disc, so you better read it. So it's another case of like, why did she need to come? <laughs> Other than yeah, the fact like... that she's the main character of the movie. I'm just saying, if I were her, I'd be like, 
I'd be like, well, I did my part. I'm staying on the ship. Have fun, assholes. Yeah, I just, like I said, like you could have briefed them before they left, if you, especially if you've got her report written down. She only needs to be there because the movie writer needs her to be there. And then in the biggest pit of foreshadowing in the entire movie, and it is a bit hilarious, um, they're all loading up, getting ready to go. They're loading up all their machinery under the thing and whatever. And she says to them, like, she's not, she doesn't want a free ride. She's like, you know, what can I do? How can I help? Whatever. And Buddy in charge, who's And of course named... the asshole is like, what can you do? I've been like, you motherfucker. Fine, <laughs> do your own shit. I hope you get eaten by a goddamn alien. But then instead she's like, I can ride that loader. And she's like, he's like, be my guest. And the loader is basically a walking robot that plays in, comes into play later on in the movie. But, and this is where I'm going to once again lean on the guys at CinemaSins because they make a great point that I wouldn't have thought of. It is kind of cool in one respect because she makes them look foolish for laughing at her because obviously she can do what she says she can do. And they have a bit of a laugh, but it's one of those, oh shit, she can do stuff kind of laughs. But at the same time, what she's driving for them right there is sort of like the modern day equivalent of a forklift. And once mm -hmm. again, once again, I drive a forklift. So it's not that much of a zinger. I mean, like they thought she couldn't do anything and she can do something like that's the extent of the of the zinger. But it's like, oh, she really showed them. It's like she, she picked up a box. I know what you were going for with the scene. And I get what they're going for in the scene because they underestimate her and she's going to show them that she's you know, just as capable and whatever, but like, hey, she really showed them translates to she picked up a box with a futuristic forklift. So it's it doesn't, even like back when I was watching this when I was younger, I was like, I mean, that's cool, and, and I want to ride around in that thing because it looks like a lot of fun, but it's not like she, you know, just pulled some holdo maneuvers or something. Mm -hmm. Anyways, they land the vehicle, or they, they, they sort of drop and dash and fly away the vehicle. And I'm going to say it from this point on. I'm going to call it the Tumbler. Because it looks like the Tumbler. Okay. It looks like the Tumbler Batmobile from the yeah. uh, Nolan Batman movies. It does. It does. Um, they do a combat. No arguments here. It does do a, look like that. They, they combat drop it from the shuttle. And Hudson has his, you know, express elevator to hell going down. And like, it's almost like he's like too a little too trying to be a little too macho. Like you like everything he says, you want to be like, God, we get it. You have it. you have a dick. Calm down. See, and that, the funny thing about it is he's I think the, he's he, the human equivalent of a of a truck with a really loud muffler. And see, I look at it the other way around. I look at it as basically he's like shitting his pants and he's trying to convince himself that he's excited about it. And on the other side of the coin you got Hicks. Because Hudson and Hicks are the only ones whose names I really pay attention to throughout the movie, because they're the ones that end up being important. Like, while he's trying to psych himself up and convince himself that he's okay, Hicks is so okay that he's asleep. <laughs> and uh, they get the other guy, the new, one of the new leaders, and I hate to say it like this because I can't think of the names. There's, like, the black guy that obviously knows the whole team and has worked with them for a while, and, like, their new commander. Who's, Sarge. Yeah, who's, like, like... Apon. If Apon, yes. If he was any more evil, Apon. he'd be twirling his mustache. And they're they're, but they're all jabbing him because they're like, "How many drops have you done?" And it's like thirty-eight simulated. How many combat drops? He's the he's the new guy, basically. Yeah. 
but but it's it's that dichotomy of he's the new guy, but he's also the boss. And they're like, you've done two drops, including this one. And everybody else is like, fuck all of us. Yeah. Anyways, they fly around. Everything's locked down. There seems to be no activity. Obviously, it's raining because it's a monster movie, so it needs to be raining, and everybody needs to traipse through the mud to get into the building. And then they get into the building. They see there's been lots of weapons fired, lots of damage. They uh, they have a tra- tracing motion detector thing that they're following that's leading them through the building. Uh, they go through a lab. They see some melted floor. They see some other things. They had, they show where they had this the calling. This is the. I was about to say this is the scene where there's a culling of several of these guys that you don't need to remember their names. Mm. Right. Uh, the commander decides that it's they, secure. They thin the herd. They thin the herd a bit. Yes. Uh, I can't read my own writing. That's really really terrible. Uh, they come to where a colony, the colony sort of had a last stand where they've tried to weld doors together. They've tried to weld other things to the door. Uh, as they're going through the lab, they start seeing jars with face huggers in them. Some of them are dead. Some of them are alive. Um, they start reading up some of the. They grab a random lab report off of one of the corpses, and it's like, hey, this is so-and-so, and this is what it was doing in his throat, and they killed him trying to take it off. And it's basically all these little drop points of, like, Ripley's story actually falling into place. And I, if I was Ripley, again, I would just be like, as they as they find all this shit, it's like, hmm, hmm. I no, that's fucking weird. It's, like, it's almost like the shit I told you was true. So it's like somebody, somebody told you that. Um... My writing is terrible. That's that's what's happening here right now. Um, the motion detectors originally lead them into a lab where it just ends up that there are some like random hamsters and rats and shit like running around within their cages. I think that's a cutscene from the extended cut. Yes. Uh, because that, it because that it doesn't. Is, I do not remember that. Because it doesn't matter in the slightest. But the second time, the motion detectors find who they eventually uh, realize is Rebecca Newt, etc. They. Uh, they find her, they try to shoot her because they think she's an alien. And, she, she jumps into a garbage chute a la Star Wars. Ripley chases her, finds her, and while she... She does not want to come with them, basically. Absolutely. Well, would you, they, they saw her and shot her. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Um, fair in, point, fair point. Ripley, I guess because... Like, she's the smallest one of them. I mean, even the other females in the group have, like, all their massive artillery on. So Ripley ends up being the one to follow her down the garbage chute. While she's trying to get her to talk, and she can't, They there happens to be a random photo of, like, Rebecca from school. And it's, like, Hadley's Hope, second grade, citizenship, award, something, something. So she figures out the name. And then they get, them back, they get her back to... Uh, a, a sort of an open lab area that's basically not a garbage disposal. It's like, we found you in the garbage disposal, we found out your name, now we're going to take you to some random innocuous room that's not a garbage disposal. Uh, dickhead army guy Apone tries to investigate her, tries to intimidate her, and it's like, already you get that, that sense from the kid of like... You're I've, intimidating I've... a kid that like, her whole family is possibly dead. From yeah. whatever was in here. Yeah, on the one side, it, it shows how terrible Apone is, because it's like, how are you doing this to a kid? But from her point of view, it's like, she has been dealing with things scarier than you since her parents died. 
So it's he's an asshole, and it's ineffective at the same time. And then you mm-hmm. get the uh, sort of the caretaker type moment of Ripley gets her some food, gets her a little bit of hot chocolate, um, talks to her a little bit, helps her get cleaned up a little bit. Um, they randomly flip to Hudson scanning for colonists and you get the little bit of exposition that all the people living on this planet have like surgically implanted like trackers which is why I'm never a little creepy but okay (laughs) which is why I'm never volunteering for a space mission ever because no absolutely not (laughs) Uh, uh, Rebecca corrects Ripley on her name tells her that she's Newt nobody calls her Newt except her brother Um, nobody calls her Rebecca except her brother yeah Sorry, yeah, nobody calls her Rebecca except her brother. Everybody else calls her Newt. Um, I wrote This is where I wrote down in my notes, too. She does remind me of the Red Queen doing the whole you're all going to die down here. Mm-hmm. Um, you're all going to die down here. Like, she kept on, she's, like, Ripley's talking to her nicely. Ripley is, like, night and day from how Apone was trying to talk to her. It's like, you know, hey, like, hey, so you had a brother, you know, are they, is he around here, too? How about your parents? Where are they? And she just finally looks at her, and she has, like, the most adult moment in the whole movie. It's like, they're dead, all right? Can I go now? And it tells her nothing they do will make any difference, which we talked about before. And then you got Bishop investigating the facehugger, which is kind of cool, because with him being the machine and having no emotional reaction to what these things have done to the people, he's very much like Ash in the first one, as, like, he sort of admires it. He admires the the structure of it. He admires it as being the perfect organism. I'm not going to have that Freudian slip again. Okay. Uh, I just think it's a really, really nice callback that the droids, the people fear these things. The people either want to study or kill these things, but these droids that don't even have a human thought process know enough to admire the, the creatures that they're up against. So Ripley's trying to get the information from the kid, and Bishop's trying to get the information from the creatures themselves, and all the grunts are sitting around doing grunt things. And I being, guess being space marine badasses. Well, no, they're not doing that because a lot of them got killed. Yeah, they're, they're, they're they've now they've come down from the their douchey their douche level has has dropped immensely for a lot of them. Yeah, I mean the first big since the culling. Well, I was gonna say the first, the first huge culling comes because Hudson has found all the remaining colonists, and they all happen to That's be. That's in... right. No, they're still douchey at this point. It's only after the culling that yeah. the douche level goes down. I mean, it's just it's so weird though, and and we talk about like we joke around like because movie this this happens because movie this happens because the writer wanted it to happen that way, but. All the colonists, due to their little tracker implant bits, are all in the same place. It's all wonderful. So some of them are going to go down, and they're going to go get. They're going to go round up all the colonists. They do that typical like action movie load up sequence where they're all picking which guns they're going to use. They're all picking which you know shields and armor and protection and communication they're all going to use. And then they get the heads up displays. Like the heads-up camera displays, which just makes everything look like a first-person shooter for a minute or two. And then they go into... They go in, and they go under into the cave area where all these signals are coming from. Ripley has to point out to them that they're under a heat exchange, so they can't use any live ammo. Oh, yeah, that... 
because yeah, of course be they can't. As soon as, so this is the part. This is the first part where I'm like, that guy's dead. This was the first time, and they hand all, all the ammo to the black sergeant guy. <laughs> as soon as they handed him all the ammo, I'm like, he's dead. Something's gonna get him, and there goes all the ammo. But see, here's what I don't understand, though. Like, they're going to cause an explosion or a, or a fire of some description because they're right under the heat exchange. They can't use live ammo. But they can use flamethrowers. Yeah, but they can use flamethrowers. Like, that's the thing. And I think the it's... The flamethrower won't pierce any piping. It's my only guess. I mean, it could damage... I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a heating and cooling specialist, but I'm going to guess that it won't be good. No, probably um, not. The the just, just taking a guess out there. But yeah, as soon as they hand him as soon as they're handing him all the ammo, I'm like, Well, you're dead. But I think it's funny how much none of them give a shit what Apone say either, because you got Vasquez and the other guy with the really, really short blonde hair is like, Always stay prepared. Like they hand over like a bunch of guns. They just reach into their pants for more guns. <laughs> the guy's got like his sawed off shotgun after he hands over all his like cool space military shit he's got a random like shotgun two barrel shotgun it's fine um they find the survivors stuck in basically like the resin of the walls and more face huggers and more bodies and more dead face hugger bodies and more faces with face huggers still on them and they are there just in time because everything happens on the movie makers schedule one survivor is still alive begging for help they have the chestburster moment, and as the chestburster is coming out, they come out with the flamethrower and they barbecue this person. So that's probably, I'm going to throw it out there as probably one of the most horrific ways you could die. Like another species just burst out your ribcage and then you get barbecued. There are nicer, there are nicer ways to go. There are. There are very much but nicer ways to go. at least it's over. Yeah. Uh, Full-size xenomorphs, like literally... Like, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe this because they're in the walls, and to see them shift, they like come out of like it's almost like this is like a nest of some kind, and they like come out of the nest basically. Oh, I mean that's that's literally what it is. But the only I I and this is not a very good comparison. I'm gonna say that right now. It would be like going to a museum and looking at the art on the walls, and then the art starts to move. Because that's how entrenched they are with the with their surroundings and all that. Because everything is very slow. It's like in the first one where you have the the alien like sort of hanging up in the dark ceiling area with the, where the chains were, and because mm -hmm. it's black, you don't see it right away. You see the chains moving, but you don't necessarily see it right away. And then it falls. This is very much the same way, but literally they've made up a wall of their own bodies. <laughs> And there's uh, a lot more of them this time. It's not just the one. Yeah, well, this is, it's an entire nest, right? Like, their nest has also been surrounded by Hence. a nest of host bodies. Hence pluralizing the, the title. There you go. That's why, that's why they rotated the two into an S. Wasn't that clever? Um, so clever. So, because I don't know names, I just wrote down names as they died. Somebody named Crow died. Somebody named Rosbowski dies. Apone dies. Uh, somebody named Drake dies. Vasquez opens... This is when the culling happens. Yeah. Vasquez opens fire with the big fucking gun, and the other guy who's trying, who's watching them from afar, from, like, the command center, is, like, losing his shit. 
not because all these people are dying, but because they didn't take his commands properly. And then he, like, fully doesn't know what he's doing. He just sort of sits there blank. He sort of looks like the captain on the Titanic when the Titanic's sinking and he doesn't know what to do. But, like, Ripley basically grabs the headset from him and says, you need to get out of there. Like, we're going to come find you. Like, whatever the case may be. Shitty leader. I just got in my notes. Shitty leader guy argues with Ripley about the lost communication. And then Ripley just takes command of the Batmobile. Because yep. this guy's, like, frozen in place. Breaks through the wall. Blows a couple of their brains out as she escapes. They run over... They have this really cool shot. And it doesn't help anything. It's just one of those things in the movie that's like, I don't care. It doesn't matter, but it's cool. As they're making their escape, they have a close-up of the Batmobile's wheel just crushing one of the heads. And it just, like, the head... Because they hit it with such force, the head just looks like it's hollow. Other than, like, the... Obviously, the, like, the acid blood coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And everybody's all like... Yeah, wouldn't the acid blood get on the... Oh, never mind. Keep going. Uh, They run over one, and everybody's, like, losing their shit in the... the... Oh, I have to come up with what it's actually called, but I'm still going to call it the Batmobile. Uh, Everybody's losing their shit. Everybody's, like, tending to their wounds and whatever, and Newt's been sort of, like, knocked out of the passenger seat. It just says armored personnel carrier is Uh, what they call it in the... It's still the Batmobile. But I think it's cool once again... They just call it an APC... Like, and what I was going to say is, wait, they ran over it and that and it had acid blood. Wouldn't that like eat through the thing? It does because then at some point, uh, Hicks is like Ripley. The thing is broken. Like, stop. oh yeah, because she because she's in like autopilot. She's got it floored to get as far away from there as possible. It's like you got to ease it back. You're just grinding metal. But I just love, and it's a little, again, it's those little things, and it's why the kid is one of the best characters in the movie. Like, she's surrounded by all these, like, tough-ass military guys that just got their asses handed to them. She fell out of her seat, but she's there with somebody else's helmet on, just giving giving Ripley a little thumbs up, like, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah, cool. I'm good. Um, we get back to, uh, it's, they're really nondescript places. It's just, like, whatever room they can find where they can all be where they don't think any aliens are uh ripley obviously makes the suggestion of nuking nuking the site burke goes into full company man mode uh talking about like, this is a lot of money blah, this, blah, is a, blah. this is a lot of money there's so much we could learn from these things etc 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 we'll never re it's it's the jurassic park thing if we close now we'll never reopen um but she puts and a, then she, she puts she puts she a puts guilt trip on hicks that... basically well she she essentially says like hey, this is a military mission, and Corporal Hicks is the highest-ranking military officer here, so it's his call. Yeah, and, like, this is where you get this thing between her and Hicks that lasts sort of the rest of the movie, where they're, like... The random, like, I wouldn't call it love, like, Yeah, but but there's there's a flirting. There is definitely a flirting. There is a definite flirtation. But I wouldn't go so far as, like, he's the love interest. No, it's... It's as close to one as this gets. It's like Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston in Kong. Like, they're just, like, doing shit together. Uh, Because we'll get to later in the movie where he's, like, showing her how to use the big gun and the symbolism is right there and the whole thing. Um, they call down the second shuttle, they try to pilot, uh, pilot it down, obviously because one of the aliens stowed away on the shuttle, the shuttle crashes, sorry, the shuttle crashes, I can speak, I swear, it's late in the day, um, 
the shuttle crashes, they realize they're fucked, they realize that there's another shuttle on the big spaceship that's orbiting the planet, they're going to have to figure out how to pilot that down. This is where you get Hudson, or Bill Paxton, with the great, we're in some real pretty shit here now, man. While everybody else is sort of like... Every time he speaks during this moment before he has his, like, alright, I'm going to get my shit together thing... I want to look at him and go, you're not helping. Shut up. If you're not going to say something helpful, then don't fucking talk. Yeah. They, uh, the people that are functional and not losing their minds, they start recounting their ammo, seeing what they have left. They don't have very much. Um, somebody somewhere along the way goes through the uh, policies and procedures and it's like, yeah, if we're reported missing, we can expect a... Uh, a rescue in like 17 days or so ripley just looks around and starts taking charge at this point uh she very she's she, like uh no we are not waiting 17 days for someone to save us well no, she, but she but she basically flashes back to the last movie where it's like look look get me all the get me all the blueprints get me all the layouts air ducts service tunnels etc and whatever we'll do, we'll block off most of the entryways, and we'll monitor the rest of them, and we'll we'll give it a very narrow path, pretty much. It's it's funny because Hicks is the new guy in charge, and even he's like, "Damn, she okay, knows, she knows what she's doing," but like not not in a I'm gonna lie back and be a pussy way. It's just like a, a the very logical like what their last leader should have done. Um, they start doing uh, a little bit of weapons training. Hicks gives her uh, a locator. Nobody else gets a locator because he's not hitting on the rest of them. He just gives the locator to Ripley. It's fine. Ripley puts Newt to bed. We have another cool moment with Newt. Here, I can, I can, all, I can explain that away in a way that he's not trying to fuck her. Hang on, hang on. Can you? I know it's the other thing, but yes, I can. She... Is it because she's the civilian? No, no. She is the only competent one. <laughs> so they're like, we need to make sure nothing happens to her, or the rest of us are fucked. I mean, I mean, I mean that's also true. I mean, that's no also one else true. We keep the shit show running, so we have to keep her alive. But 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 also but also boners. But also the fucking. Thing. But also boners. <laughs> but also the fucking thing. Yes, but. To, you know, to try and make it not sexual. <laughs> like, yeah. she is the only one keeping this shit train to move in. As soon as she, as soon as she dies, we are all fucked. Oh, sorry. Boyfriend texted. Hi, Travis. Anyways. He so... was telling me that, the, he was telling me that the, uh, that the dubbed of our of the anime we watch is up. Okay. We will not be reviewing anime on this channel because Spaz doesn't care. Uh, so Ripley puts That's Newt. Fine. To, Ripley puts Newt to bed. This is where you get her talking about the fact that she used to have a daughter a long time ago. Rada rada ra. And this, her talking about having a daughter and Newt talking about what happened to her family are both things that come out better in conversation than being plastered in our faces in my opinion than being shown on screen so like rather than here's your like rather than Burke coming around with a file folder and being like yeah we found your daughter but she died two years ago and technically she was older than you when she died and then just like watching Newt's parents 
like randomly wander into a alien spaceship what could possibly go wrong like to hear the two of them talk about it being the ones that started all this shit pretty much yeah but i mean it works as a bit of exposition for both characters and it works as an entry point for both of them to get to know each other in the scene we have right now more than it does with just like extra scenes that are like information dumps that's just my personal thing anyways but she says she doesn't want to go to sleep because she has bad dreams. And Casey, who's the doll head that she keeps carrying around, Ripley tries to do like a little bit of a mom thing and look inside the doll's head. It's like, well, there's no dreams in like, there. No, oh, she doesn't. There's nothing. She's nothing in there. There's nothing in there. So it's fine. No bad and she and she looks at her and says she doesn't yes, have bad dreams because, of... because she's a piece of plastic. Newt has the moment of, I'm not a fucking child. You don't have to talk down to me. But at the same time, I'm still carrying around this doll head. Now, here's what I'm going to say. and here, Here's where, like, this has nothing to do with the movie and more so with me trying to apply a little outside logic to the movie. Hicks gave Ripley that locator thing, right? Because we'll, we'll pretend that it's because she knows what she's doing and she's their um, advisor and all that sort of thing. But really, he wants to rail her. Ripley gives it to Newt, who's like 10. That's bad. The implied symbolism of that is bad. I'm not going to go any farther, but the implied symbolism of that is bad. Because Ripley... Even our made-up symbolism is bad, because it's like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because if something happens and they need information really quick, they're going to run to Newt, and Newt's going to be like, fuck you guys. Actually... (laughs) <laughs> technically that's not true technically newt is probably the second most knowledgeable one there that's so, true she she might be second in command she might be the one that takes over after all the after the after ripley falls so if we pretend newt that hicks, could maybe keep this shit show together so if we pretend that hicks isn't just trying to rail ripley uh maybe there's some logic to newt getting the the locator thing as well but ripley Leaves Newt, goes on to a conversation with Bishop and Hudson and all the rest of them as they try to discuss the alien biology. And they sort of, like... Can I say something real quick? You can. Where... The one thing that that bugs me throughout this movie is that, you know, at the beginning when she finds out that Bishop is is an android and she has that little freak-out moment because, you know, she doesn't have a good experience with androids... And shit. Hey, hey, hey. Her android Hey, 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 hey. We we prefer the term artificial person, all right? Her artificial person experience. Malfunction. But (laughs) then, yes. But then afterwards, her artificial human racism just goes away. It never comes up again. I don't know if it's just heat of the moment where where, uh, Ripley is just like, whatever, I'm just trying to get out of here alive. I don't give a fuck what you are right now. I think when you get into a conversation, specifically a conversation like we're going to have right now where they're getting into the science of it, when they're getting into the biology of it, I think there's, they never say it, so I'm, I'm using my own headcanon here, but there has to be a part of her brain that's like, okay, he's basically a living computer, he might have something that I won't think of. So even if she hates him or like has a predetermined opinion of him, like she, she's with it enough to acknowledge that there's a there's a contribution to be had. I would just I would just like like for there to have been a I don't know if I I would say a whole scene or anything like that like a something that makes her like maybe not change her mind about androids but change her mind about this particular android. 
Right. Yeah. No. It's 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 definitely just the... like a little something. Oh well, the movie the movie definitely wants you to just go with it. Like, look, we look at a movie that I mean I love, like uh, the pairing of of Infinity War and Endgame. I love them. I could watch them any day of the week. But there's a lot of stuff that you have to sort of say, eh, maybe just go with it, or yeah. you're or or you're not going to have a good time. This is this is one of those. Either she got either she got over it, or she isn't over you, it. You could have even had one small scene where, like, I don't know, the before she like goes to tuck the child in, the android like I don't know brings the child a cup of water or some shit. Yeah. Like something, something, something that shows something that there's like a small moment where she sees he has, quote, a level of humanity. I guess. I don't. I don't it think could have been I, a, it could have been a really small thing. I. I don't say. I wouldn't say it's like absolutely necessary, but it did bug me that it was like, yeah. all right, I guess we're just fuck that whole android racism thing. I don't think it necessarily has to prove itself as human as much as it needs to prove that it's not operating in the negative like it's not operating on exactly. behalf because ash what like as much as ash becomes the villain in the movie ash wasn't bad ash was programmed to do a thing and did it yes so like or it could have been something as it could have been something as simple as when they're talking about how to get rid of these things like because i think at some point uh, i'm pretty sure hicks at some point is like oh we could take two of them back or some shit the android being like, we should not do that because they are killing humans, and my programming is that I that I don't want humans to be killed. There you go. Something like that, because then that would have made her go, oh, okay, you're not, you're not one of, you're not one like him. Yeah, no, it de- it definitely does. It definitely does leave. It's not something. a big, sti- it's not a huge sticking point for me. I just wanted to bring it up. No, 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 you. You are right. It is it is a reasonable hole, but also like who like you get into a situation like this where you're on another planet with a limited amount of allies. They're, they're, yeah, it it could be reasonably said that she's just like she doesn't have a choice it takes to get off this island, get off yeah. this planet. Be- beggars can't be choosers, type thing. Yeah. But she does join Bishop and Hudson and the rest of them, and they start talking about the aliens' biology. She starts telling a bit of the story. They start putting it together as like a, as like a nature story. The eggs hatch. The eggs have the facehuggers in them. The facehuggers plant the xenomorphs in the humans, and then they bring it back to well, who's laying the eggs? And then they say, well, you know, what about bugs and ants and shit? Like they all have a queen. Ripley tells Bishop to destroy all the samples, but she can't, or he can't rather, because Mr. Burke has ordered the samples brought back with them to the company, which brings us to the big. Uh, sort of reveal, uh, as Ripley and Burke argue, because Ripley has found out that all the settlers at on LV-426 at Hadley's Hope that went out to... Um, why can I not find words today? Uh, that, were sent, that were sent out to exp- uh, as an exploratory team to, to uh, explore the ship uh, were actually sent out by Burke, and she has the records to prove it, and they have a big blowout over that. It's it's really good in one way because it just underscores what a slimy asshole company man he is. But it's it also kind of it also kind of tears that loophole of like it also kind of destroys that loophole of oh you were hell here this whole time and you didn't go over there to find this thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, we've had people there for twenty it's years really and, they've, coinc- and they've they've never reported any hostile organisms. 
Yeah, it's because you didn't tell them to go over there. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, too. Like it, This this does put a little bit of a dent in the bishop argument, though, because bishop, for bishop to say, like, eh, I, I want to destroy all these samples for you, but I literally can't because, and here's the guy that told me to do it. Like, he's very, I guess, for being a non-human, he decides to be pretty open about where the orders are coming from as sort of a counter to mm -hmm. Ash. So there's there maybe there's your first little tiny that was step. that was my that was my small thing. I just maybe I wanted something a more. little more. You but, wanted more. I mean, yeah. it's not a big deal. Uh, they start hearing he, the alarm. He gets go his off. he gets his big redemption moment. I, I guess he didn't need a, redemption. Isn't the thing I was looking for, but his big moment at, near the end of the movie. Basically, his proving point. Yes. Um. So before, uh, we didn't really go into this too much before, but when they started sealing off all the vents and tunnels and, and pipelines and all that sort of thing, they left two open, and they have automated sentries with guns on them. Basically, something goes in front of it, they get shot automatically. Uh, the alarms go off, the alarms go off, the alarms go off. They're shooting in the tunnel, shooting in the tunnel, shooting in the tunnel, until they're out of ammo. And, like, that wasn't going to happen. And su su surprisingly... I'm going to make another another comparison to Jurassic Park here when uh, I don't even remember which one it was, but when they find all the raptor claw markings on the various fences and it's like, well, they didn't attack any one spot more than once because they were testing it for weaknesses. The so, first one. That's yeah. the first one. So you figure, okay, how many xenomorphs are there at this point? They've sent a couple out there as sort of the canaries in the cave to sort of suck up all that ammo because eventually ammo is going to run out. Um, they they recollect it's it is very much like the first one where they go and they try something and then they recollect and they go and they try something and they recollect again. So they recollect again, and they know that on the Salako, which is the ship that they were on that's hovering around them out there somewhere in space, there is a second shuttle. There it can be remotely piloted, but they don't have anything to transmit the signal. They have to use the colony transmitter, which obviously is nowhere near them, and somebody has to go through the pipes to go and and get it. And Bishop volunteers, which is another little hey, he's do, he's taken one for the team as the as the artificial person, and he it's does the one point where my. Isn't my, the one point where my boyfriend's like watching and they put him in that little tube? They put him in that little pipe, basically. Yeah. He's like, holy shit, he has to do that for 45 fucking minutes. Yeah. I he's don't... basically like just able to move his like shoulders and do like yeah, he's, a, he, he, a stomach he, crawl. He's doing a 45 minute shimmy and he's pushing the box in front of him because it's got all the control bits in it. Um, he does have a bit of a, a funny line there where he sort of like acknowledges what other people think of him, where he volunteers and, and Hudson's like, yeah, 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 Bishop should go, man. Yeah, man. Good idea. And he's, he's sitting there all calm cause he's a fucking robot. He's like, I mean, I'd rather not like I may be synthetic, but I'm not stupid. Yes. <laughs> Which is good. I don't know. And I mean, I guess it's so that I like, I like Bishop. He's one of the characters I like. But you, you, and you just brought it up. Like the size of the pipe that he's in is barely the size of like his shoulders. So it's not like an alien can go and follow him per se. But they seal the entry point where they put him in. And I don't know if they need to do that or not. I don't know if that's you know, not just in case. I mean, just in case, yeah. But I don't know if that's not wasted time that they could be doing other like prep shit. I assume. I assume it's a thing where it's like a. 
I assume it's a thing where it's like they don't know because the pipe runs in two directions. So maybe something could come from the other direction. Maybe. Like one of those face huggers could fit in there. Easy. Yeah. I still think the face hugger is one of the coolest alien designs in movies. It gets a bit more glory in uh, in this movie than the other one. I think I think simply because there's more of them. Well, there's more of them, and then the scene in the lab where I think that's coming yeah. up. Yeah, we're getting the there. The scene where, the, where Rickley and Newt get trapped in the lab. Yeah. But anyways, um, Ripley goes oh, and has... Oh, yeah, they, uh, I, I think we talked, I think you said it earlier. When they go to the lab the first time, they, uh, they mention that there's two of these things that are still alive in the, in the tubes. Yes. Uh... So we have another one of these moments with Hicks and Ripley where they're, like, not flirting, flirting, and talking about, like, you know, it's it's no way for anybody to die. If if I get one of those things, you know, you'll you'll take care of it. And he says, you know, if, I, if either one of us gets one of those things, you know, I'll take care of both of us. And then that this is where he starts giving her the weapons training, which is clearly just harmless weapons training and not at all, like, submers- subversive flirting. Um... Ripley checks on Newt. They sleep for a bit. Bishop blinks up to the satellite, activates the second shuttle remotely on the Sulaco, which is pretty much just moving. It's just moving people and things into places where they need to be for next scenes. And this is where we go. Mm-hmm. Ripley and Newt wake up, and they're locked in the lab with the facehuggers. Not only that, the door has been locked. Not only that the gun, and I didn't notice this until watching it this time, because she puts her gun on the bed and finds Newt underneath the bed and goes to sleep with her under the bed, and when she gets up and goes to try and leave or whatever, her gun is on the outside of the locked door, which is not something I noticed until this time, because it's different. I didn't didn't notice that either. Yeah. I thought she'd left it up there. It's weird. It's weirdly different. Uh, I think we said this before. Watching a movie when you know you've got to talk about it makes you watch it differently. Well, it makes Spaz watch it differently. <laughs> well, I mean, you're... Never mind. Moving on. Uh, the gun's been removed from the I room. try and watch it. I, I didn't write any notes because I just, I just try and watch it and give my, you know, genuine, this is my first time watching... Yeah. responses i mean you know what it is for me is i i take notes on like structure like what ha- like because i'm i'm good i can tell you what happened in a movie but i can't necessarily always tell you what happens when uh that's more that's or less... why i have wikipedia up this is true but it's also like a lot of a lot of my comparisons like i'll i'll, I'll go full cards on the table a lot of my jurassic park comparisons uh are little like side notes in my notes. It's very much the same way as I used to take notes for, like, doing wrestling shows. It's like, this happened and then this happened, and then this is a side thing that I need to talk about, and this is something else that I can compare it to to try and describe my point better, and basically what you're doing semi-off-the-cuff semi with Wikipedia in front of you is what I'm doing off of ten pages of notes. So it's fine. Anyways, they set off I don't the fu- know what that says about both of us, but it does say something. <laughs> Yeah. I just don't know what it is. I I don't know. In the box below, what does that say about both of us? Uh, they set off the fire alarm. Uh, the facehuggers start to attack. Hudson, Hicks, etc. They all come down. They all think there's a fire happening. 
Uh, they make the save. Oh, that's because, okay, so there's a moment where she sees the camera and is trying to, like, get somebody's attention on the camera and fucking, what's Burke his name? turns the camera off. Burke turns the camera off. And so then Ripley pulls the fire alarm. Like, essentially makes, she uses, I think she has, like, a lighter or something, and she makes the, like, the, the water, fire alarm. The, the fire alarm go off. Yeah. Well, that's how she gets everybody's attention, and they go to save her because they think there's a fire. Uh, they shoot out the safety glass. They they end up. It's weird the way they do this, and I don't. I don't. I don't. Not, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know how they animate the the face hugger because, like I say, it does move like a hand, but they sort of pin it up against the wall, like by the, by its tail and by get, its tail. Yeah, and so like it can't shoot like... it. Yeah. Um, but they do it, and she explains pretty quickly, like, because it, it does get around her neck at one point, so she's sort of choking back her words and, and whatnot, but she explains that Burke did it, and then, uh, Hudson... They're basically like, we're gonna kill this motherfucker. Hudson, Hudson's, <laughs> fi- Hudson's, fi- Hudson's finally got some balls when he's talking to Burke, because he knows Burke's more of a pussy than he is. And, uh, Ripley's got one of those lines, and Sigourney Weaver has this really cool way of like not yelling at you, but talking to you in a really judgmental way that feels like yelling. And mm-hmm. she just does this. I don't. I don't remember the wording exactly, but she's like, you know what? You might be worse than them. You don't see them screwing each other over for a goddamn percentage. And it, yeah, and that's it's, basically what she says. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, they lose power, so they don't really get to kill. Uh, she also explains that uh, the reason why Burke tried to do that was because he was trying to. There's this whole scene where she's talking about where he's talking about like bringing these things back as bioweapons, and she goes, "There's no way you'll be able to get those through like, what is it? Uh, like essentially customs, whatever yeah, Earth space customs. customs, space customs. That's what it is." It says past Earth's quarantine is what it says here, but whatever. It's basically space customs. And so then Burke's like, I know. I'll get those face huggers to implant their embryos into into Ripley and Newt, and then I'll put them in cryo sleep so that the things won't fucking wake up, and then uh, bring them through space customs and apparently that nobody will see it what it is at that point so before he worked for the whaling corporation like burke was clearly a drug smuggler is what we're saying Uh, that that's that's why he like trapped them in there to try and like smuggle (laughs) smuggle these things through space customs those movies where you see like you know big tough gangbangers like smuggling their drugs in teddy bears they want to turn sigourney weaver and newt into like big human teddy bears that's really bad that's really like the 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 downfall of of human behavior a lot more details of this movie without looking at the wikipedia than i thought that's good i mean it's it's gonna have more impact on you as well because you haven't seen it before now and i'm trying to edit out the stuff i didn't want to see from the extended cut which isn't a bonus in this case so we're all coming at it from a bit of a different angle anyways right as they're about to kill burke uh they do have a loss of power they try to make their way through try to find somewhere where there is power they all have oh they have this really cool tense moment where they're watching the motion detector they're stuck in the back of a room and they're like six feet, five feet, four feet, and eventually they're like, it can't be four feet. That's in the room, and they all fall from the ceiling. And uh, 
Oh, they don't, no, because because uh, one of them goes up and gets on like something to make them taller and lifts steps. up essentially a ceiling tile. Well, yeah, it is. It's suspended <laughs> ceiling. Lifts up the ceiling tile and there's like eight of them in the ceiling. Yeah, Burke tries to. I was to... like, I would not do that. If you think they're in the ceiling, I would not put my head up there. I'm just saying, like, if, if you think they're in the ceiling, leave the room. Yeah, be like, I mean, let's all not be in here. These are the people that go up the stairs in a horror movie. Essentially. Um, but as they're trying to leave, Burke leaves. <laughs> he tries to lock the door behind him so that he's trapping them in there. Once again, one comes up from the floor to kill Hudson, which is kind of a bummer. Burke opens up a second door as he's trying to make his escape, and he it's sort of implied that he dies off screen, which isn't very satisfying for the people watching the movie. Uh, yeah, you really want if you're gonna have a turncoat pussy guy like Burke, you want him to have an on-screen death where it's like, yeah, fuck you, asshole. I okay, so this is just gonna be riddled like with when, like when uh like when uh the android in the first movie gets. Hit off. He, he right. Hits the dude's head off. I'm just gonna make another Jurassic Park reference. This guy should have been the guy eaten off the toilet. Yes, he should have been. Yes, he should have been the smarmy lawyer that gets eaten off the toilet. That's what we want. Um. Okay. If you're so you're a shitty person in a horror movie. You get a shitty death. <laughs> literally shitty if you're on the toilet. Exactly. Moving on. Uh, Newt shows that she's the real leader of the group. She starts leading all the military folks and Ripley through the air ducts that obviously she's pretty familiar with. Uh, they reach sort of a pinch point where all the aliens are more or less together. Vasquez and Gorman, who are injured at this point, who've been burned or whatever, uh, sort of stay where they are in the corner of the duct and blow a bunch of them up. So there's a sacrifice. That's fine. They're gone. Uh, Newt leads Ripley to the roof. Uh, I was but, actually sad when Vasquez died at this point. This uh, is the one time where I was. This is one of the times where I was like, "No, I was actually starting to like you." And you can and tell she's there with her, with her buddy too, because she's like, they're holding on to the same uh, explosive device, and she's just like, "You're a fucking asshole, man!" And then they blow up. I um, just like what this movie I felt like did better than the other movie is that I hated everybody, much all the characters, but Ripley. Yeah. And this one, even characters I didn't like at first, they brought me around to liking them to where when they do die, I was I was upset that they died. Yeah, it it Which it, was, is it the wasn't core uh... of a horror movie is that you have to give a damn. You either have to want all of them to die, and so you're in it for the for the kills. You're in it for the monster to win, or you have to give a damn. That yeah. If they die or not. It, it's not King of the Monsters where everybody's a bit shit. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so as they get up to the roof, as they try to meet up with Bishop, who's bringing them, piloting them down this second shuttle, Newt ends Bishop, up... Bishop, who's just hanging out at this point. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, he's... I got the easy job, basically. <laughs> well, he's... They make a big deal of him being the only one that can, like, remote pilot the ship. I mean, I think they could have just said, like, he's got the ship's controls in his brain, and he needs to bring it down with his brain. That would have made a little more sense, but it is what it is. He's where he's where he needs to be, because, like, the robots don't fight, so they're not gonna fight. I don't know. Uh, but Newt slides down the wrong vent after helping Ripley get to the roof, so she goes back to uh, 
back to back to the bottom, back to the the first level of the video game <laughs> type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Hicks cuts through the floor to go and get her, but she gets dragged down a little bit more. The Xenomorph drags her away, and another one burns himself and burns Hicks's armor off, which is is always wonderful. Ripley, yeah, the, it get, he gets some acid blood on him, and they have to get his armor off, but it like fucks up his arm. Yeah, so basically Ripley Ripley gets Hicks to the shuttle, and it's 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 it becomes a everything from here on in is like a time crunch. It's kind of like the last. It's kind of cut and paste from the last one as far as like you've got ten minutes, you've got five minutes, etc. And uh, Ripley's like to to Bishop, how how much time do we have left? And he's like something like it's something like twenty minutes. It's some odd, but it's some odd number. It's like twenty two minutes or something like that. Whatever. So she's like, Hicks, basically don't let him leave, and he's, like, half out of it, but he's like, yeah, man, yeah, man, we're not Nobody, going anywhere. we're not leaving without you. Um, so Rip- she's sure that the kid's still alive. Out of everybody else, everybody else dies, she's like, eh, fuck them, they're dead. Well, she goes on this weird sidetrack, right, which was like, they don't kill you, they don't kill you, they're, she's still alive. Because the idea being that she knows Newt's going to be taken down to be another host, right? Which, yes. Which... As as they've learned about the the physiology of the creatures, that's that's kind of true. They bring people back to be hosts for the next facehuggers, and so the ne- they can be hosts to the next xenomorphs and all that sort of thing. Which is a cool theory if they'd been uh, consistent with it. But motherfuckers are dying all over the place. Exactly. <laughs> like a bunch, of, a bunch of people just died. It's like no, but with her insistence that she's alive and knowing that she's alive, right? I know what they're trying to do with that, and it is cool because it's like, oh my god, she's not going to die. They're going to put her through something so much worse. She's going to end up being a host, and she can't imagine this kid going through that. And that's that's an awesome thing, it, like from an emotional point of view, from a oh my god, Ripley lost her kid, and now she's going to lose another kid point of view, from a humanitarian point of view. It's all great if it was consistent. Not, if it was it's, consistent. It's like it's so like ninety nine percent I could see where you were going with that and I like where you were going with that and you almost got there. And you and you fucked it up at the end. But you know what? It's close enough that it has the effect that yeah. it needs. And it it's it's believable And also, let's be honest, they're not gonna kill a kid. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Hereditary? That's different. Have you seen it? No. Okay. Because it's real, real sad. <laughs> Don't see it. I was about to say, that does not sound like it's up my alley at all. No, well, it, it ends up being a horror movie, and I know that's not up your alley. Uh, Kristen doesn't like two things in life. I don't like movies that make me cry. I don't want to go to the theater to cry. Fuck yeah. that. <laughs> Shit happens in real life that makes me cry. I don't want to pay for it to happen. Looking outside our windows right now makes me cry. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Um, and I don't watch movies. I don't like movies that scare me. And go. I don't find monster movies to be particularly scary. There are scary things in monster movies. Right. But most of the time, unlike, except like in Aliens, the monster, like, fucking dies in it. Yeah. Like, they show a part where, like, the monster is killed. So I'm like, all right, well, then I, we could, this thing could be killed. So that's why I don't do a fucking, um, I don't movies. do, I don't, I especially don't do horror movies where it's like it's demons and fucking possession and shit, because that shit doesn't die. It's just like, you just make it leave for a while. You know, you know, you know what I saw, again. you know what I saw for the first time this weekend? What? The Invisible Man. 
No. Oh, that is scary. Nope. <laughs> that's nope. a hard no. Abs- that's a hard nope. Nope. No, Hereditary is just most of it is sort of like supernatural horror shtick that is I wouldn't suggest it for you and for me it goes it leans a little bit into the cheesy at the end. But in the beginning there's this sort of ultimately it's really tragic, but it's really shocking tragic. And it takes a lot for a movie to, like, affect me, because I'm really desensitized to shit. So, the first opening, uh, about 20 minutes into Hereditary, fucked me up. So I'm saying, for everybody listening right now, if you are affected by movies, don't watch Hereditary, because it's fucking terrible. There's one, like, one-minute scene in the movie that will fuck you up. I'm just All putting right, it well, out. there's Spaz's little short. <laughs> there's my PSA. Hereditary. There's my PSA on Hereditary. It we is did good. We two reviews in this in this movie. No, I'm, this give, I'm 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 partially giving it credit because for a movie to fuck me up like that, it's it's done exactly what it wanted to do. But I it it wasn't. I don't. Nope. It nope. wasn't. It wasn't a pleasant. As experience. soon as you brought up the Invisible Man, I'm like, nope. Fuck that noise. I saw a review for that. And I you're... listened to a review for that and was just like, nope. Absolutely not. Although Hard. I was also a kid that maybe watched horror movies like a little too young. So I it just with I think I have this theory like with small children, you either watch when you watch a horror movie and you're like way too young for that horror movie. It either like makes you go all the way and you're like fucking horror movies all the time. Love horror movies. You or dive it, you dive in the deep the- end or you never go to the pool again. Exactly, and I never went to the pool again. I saw it. Here, here, here's. Here, I, I know we we stopped our review in the middle of this and did this bullshit, but whatever. That's fine. Uh, I watched it. I'm about to date myself. Back when it was on two VHSs. Oh, like ori- original it. Yeah, original okay. it. Because I was at a sleepover party and uh, they wanted to watch it and. <laughs> I didn't even watch the second half of it. I watched the first half of it. It was just like, nope. I was scared of my bathtub drain for fucking a month. <laughs> I would stand as far as I could on the other side of my bath. When I took a shower, it would be quick, and I'd be on the other end of the shower. Nope. And see, I've never been... It's weird, because I've never been freaked out by horror movies, but when I was younger, I would get more freaked out by creepy characters in not scary movies than I was by scary movies. Like, we're going to get into this at some point because we are going to end up reviewing it. Uh, Original 1989 Batman is not a scary movie by any stretch of the imagination, but Jack Nicholson's Joker is creepy. And when I was a little kid, Jack Nicholson's Joker (laughs) scared the shit out of me. Because Jack Nicholson's going to Jack Nicholson. Yep. Anyways, so that was a little detour as to uh, why we're not going to be doing a whole lot of horror on this channel. If I do horror, I'll find somebody else. It's fine. Or or I would have to ask Travis if he's okay with watching it, and then I can hide for most of it. And then he can tell you what happened. Yes. <laughs> so no... Uh... If you, as, long as, you, as long as you stay away from, like... Like... Now that I'm older, stay away from, like, demonic possessions and stuff. Like, I am I know we went through another – I'm taking a small another detour, 
Sure. I remember as a teenager watching not the first, not the first Exorcist, because clearly that's too old for me, but like the prequel Exorcist, where they like go to the um, church in the in Africa or some shit. I have no idea. <laughs> there's a prequel. There's a there's okay. an Exorcist like prequel. And they, like, go to a church in Africa where supposedly, like, Satan fell from heaven or something. Like, that one was scary. <laughs> so, where, scary. so where they made Lucifer. Yeah, basically. That one that one is scary for me. Like, I slept with the lights on. So we won't be doing any Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. I could, I could, I could probably handle those now. Okay. We'll, get, we'll, get, we'll give those, Travis a we'll give Travis a fair warning that he's totally going to be on duty that night. Yes, right. he's going to be like, guess who's guess who's staying awake if I can't go to sleep, fucker. <laughs> you're, you're the gonna, whole you're world. Gonna, if I'm going to be up, you're going to be up. Hope you didn't have anything planned. <laughs> Giggity. At that point, we might be like living together, so it'd be even worse for him. I don't have a good response for that, so I'm going to get back to Aliens now. <laughs> okay, go back to Aliens. So. so Ripley goes back. She's going to go get Newt, and she has her big, like, suit-up military moment where she basically duct tapes... Everything? Any ammo to her and shit? The big gun to the flamethrower, which I can't see yes. working out at all. Because the one big gun is, like, a gun and a missile launcher. And it she tapes the the thing to it. She basically duct tapes anything that's not nailed down to this, her body. This monstrosity that she puts together is as big as she is. I mean, I I don't want to imagine, like, what kind of fitness regime went into making this movie. I really, really don't. Um, but she goes to find Newt. She, ta she tapes the tracker that she gave Newt to one of the guns, so it's right next to one of her sights. So she can find her. It's fine. Um, she finds the tracker on the ground... And this is this is one of these things that movies does, right? It's you you where she thinks she's dead. She has a moment where she's like, no, no, but she thinks like all hope is lost, and then like immediately you know it's not. Um, yes, I'm gonna go to Rise of Skywalker. You've seen Rise of Skywalker, right? Yes. Where we think Chewie's dead, and then five minutes later we see that he's not. That he's not dead. It's and it's totally point. A lot of things in Rise of Skywalker are totally pointless, but that in particular. Um, but yeah, she loses. She finds the tracker on the ground, and Newt is trapped in the resin in the wall, like we saw other people in the things about to open up in front of her. Ripley follows the screams and kills a few aliens on the way. I like how when she's going to find Newt, killing a few aliens on the way is like this passive thing that she's doing, whereas the rest of the movie, these are the things that they've all been terrified of. So she's going all mama bear on their ass. It's true. It's true. Uh, also, the heating, the heat exchange that they were worried about rupturing in like the first fight is starting to explode. So it's raining. There's aliens. The kid is stuck in the wall. The building is falling apart. It's doing all the movie things. All uh, the tropes. They run out into an entire field of the facehugger aliens. We slowly pan around the field to, I guess, like the 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 top front whatever end of the field and you get the reveal of the queen alien and the queen alien is fucking badass 
and gigantic. Like a regular alien, but like more. Oh no! The, but like, if you look at the whole like skull structure, whereas the rest of the xenomorphs, they have that sort of in, that rounded sort of insectoid head. She's got like the big flare up. Oh like, yeah, that's true. Like almost the back of like almost a triceratops without the horns. Mm-hmm. She's got a couple different sets of arms. The legs are are doing stuff, and you know her birth canals on the outside, which is which is always really awesome. And it's like hanging from the wall on one side so like she's in the center and she's sort of like laying eggs to the left <laughs> it's a nice little setup that, that she's got going on we see the queen for the first time ripley like sort of gives her the what now bitch type look and then Bert takes out the xenomorphs because the xenomorphs come out at like sort of both sides like they're like little agents in a mafia thing where like the the mafia don has just snapped his fingers because it's like one pops into one doorway one pops into another doorway it's almost comical and ripley just takes them out and then like blows up the area launches a few uh grenades into a couple of the eggs sets the entire egg field on fire because you know we want to piss off we want to piss off the queen that's fine the queen sort of we want to make sure that there are no more sequels oh wait (laughs) well there's only one more good one so we want to make sure there's no more sequels oh wait uh anyways the queen eventually removes herself like her whole like like i say egg laying apparatus is sort of like wrapped around the room so she sort of rips that off and just sort of starts going after them, because that's what you do. Ripley's ammo runs out, because of course it does. They ran, they run to the elevator, they get up to the main platform where Bishop is supposed to be with the shuttle. And then... And he's not. And then, for reasons, the Queen is able to take the other the elevator. elevator. The other elevator. There's just a moment where the Queen just walks into an elevator and bing! And you expect like do 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 do. That's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. In, 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 Elevator in, music playing. In an just in, hanging out. In an alternate universe, I want to see like the Queen Alien in that other elevator, like on the security cam footage or something like that. Just like looking at an imaginary watch, like listening, watch, yeah. li- listening to the music. Listening to like bullshit, bullshit jazz that's on. Yeah. So initially they get up there and the the shuttle's not there. So you get this like ten seconds or so of oh fuck, Bishop was of a robot. Despair. Bishop was a robot. Bishop really was, you know, working for the company. It's like Bishop, god damn you! And then it comes back and picks them up and it's fine. And he just like he's apologizing out his ass like a robot definitely wouldn't do. Uh, tries to explain that like oh the 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 platform was getting way too unstable, which it was because the whole building was blowing up um and they try to take off and sort of innocuously the the one foot of the shuttle just sort of catches on some debris can i I make a joke that's gonna make you roll your eyes probably i I have to say it Hmm? can i I make a joke that's gonna make you roll your eyes and say something i mean something i mean i've done it to you enough i i it would really be wrong of me to say no at this point Maybe maybe he's a Canadian robot. That's why he's apologizing. Anyways, so <laughs> the ship. Fuck you! You have to acknowledge my joke. I do not. I expected more from you. <laughs> I expected more from you, and that's, that's not why saying. It much. So long before I was like, 
this joke because it's just gonna burn a hole in my soul if I don't say it out loud. Anyways, so the ship, the the one foot of the ship catches on some innocuous debris. They take off. The station explodes as they leave because you know cool guys don't look at explosions. They're back on the Sulaco. They're tending to Hicks because he's injured. The Queen announces her presence basically by harpooning Bishop through the back. Tail. With her tail, yeah. Like, pulls a scorpion move, right? And it's like, eh, whatever, it's fine. And she says, oh, Bishop, you did all right. Like, now she's worried about the feelings of, of the robot, and she rips him in half. And I'm sorry, I do have to go to that one guy in my comment section that hates me quoting Cinema Sins. I'm sorry, but I'm not really that sorry. There is an excellent cultural reference on the CinemaSins for this video, where he basically goes off and he says, I actually got to watch this in film studies class, and we had to point out all the social significance of a, of a random scene in this movie, and when they when uh, the alien queen came back, everybody just wrote, Queen Takes Bishop. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even play chess, and that's still I'm good. Sorry, that's... And then immediately when when he lands and he's like all covered in like the thing goo and it's just like Bishop looks like he's been part of maybe the best, maybe the most violent, maybe the worst orgy ever. Also, Uh, Bishop still helps during this fight scene, even though he's only half of himself. Yeah. Bishop becomes more useful than half of the Marine more than half of the Marines that were in the beginning of the movie. This is true. Uh, so while the queen is busy ripping up Bishop, Ripley gets behind a blast door. We don't really see at first what's behind the blast door, but the queen turns to Newt. Then you hear the blast door open, and you get Ripley in the fucking mech loader. And this is just, this is like no longer... See, this is the scene that I thought was in the, in last, the last movie that I was waiting for, and I was like, no, I guess that doesn't happen. Travis had to be like, that happens in the next one. <laughs> But this is like, and I'm sorry, like, we're here to review movies, talk about movies, like, maybe pick them apart a little bit, maybe make fun of them a little bit. This is where you have to put all that shit on on side, take that hat off for a second, and just be like, somebody made this, and somebody just said, I'm going to have a robot fight an alien, and it's going to be awesome. The I only... will tell you that during this scene, the whole time I was yelling... Just, like, squish its head, because, you know, the little pincer, it has little pincer things on it. Just put its head in between two of those pincers and fucking squish its head. But acid, though. Still, it would be dead. I will say, though, only because, and and again, I'm going to lean on the fact that I drive a forklift most days, uh, the mech loader does move about as slow as a regular forklift does. So while it's a cool fight, it's also a really comically slow fight yes it is very slow eventually you get it like a bit of a mechanical choke and they fight it towards the airlock and she's gonna let it out the airlock just like it did in the in the last movie because that worked so well but at the very last minute it's able to grab the cage and pull her in too and here's 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 where i will 100 percent like sort of lie down and not even argue with people shitting on this movie if they choose to shit on this movie she lets the lets the robot thing fall onto onto the queen alien and the queen alien is against sort of like the outer door of the ship and she blows it out into space but basically she's fine cuz she holds onto a handlebar 
she's still in there when she blows the thing. Yep. And everybody else gets kind of sucked towards it. Bishop saves uh, Newt. Which is cool. Grabs on to her. Uh, even though he's only half of a hu- half of an android at that point, it's well, because they're on the they're on the graded floor, right? So he's just able to hold yeah, on to the floor. Yeah, they're on the floor. floor. So basically, the airlock is like there's a small pit that's like maybe yeah. the height of maybe the height of the the loader thing, maybe a little yeah. taller than that. Well, because it's got to be a du- it's got to be a double door, right? Like you let it into one exactly, door, close that door, door. And close so, the other one. So then she goes to climb up. And the th- and the thing grabs her by it grabs her ta- the thing uh, the queen uh, grabs her bo- with its tail, and then she just happens to be high enough to where there's a lock inside the thing. Yeah. A, a door opener inside that thing, and you know for for safety reasons, it shouldn't open with the other door open. But whatever, it opens. I'm gonna point out something a lot she- sillier. I'm going to point out something a lot sillier. Ripley is in the airlock. She is in the opening out into dead space. And she's able to hold herself in place more than the people who are not in the pit that are, like, feet away uh, being dragged along the floor to the pit. She's in the pit and able to hold herself completely fine. Oh, and the alien for a little while. Yeah. and Oh, yeah, and the weight of the alien, obviously. I mean, the weight of the alien, as it compares to the immense vacuum of space, has got to be, like, going from 1 to 1.1. But still, she's holding the alien as well at some point. I just... And she eventually gets in, and she's eventually... Because not only does she pull herself out of the hole, she pulls herself out and in and enough to close the, the door again, and obviously... Oh, yeah, that's right. And, I mean... I don't know what happens to what's his name. Uh, I can't think of his name now, which is terrible. Hicks, Hicks yes, because Hicks. I think they they put him in the uh, before all of this because there's like a little scene just like in the last movie where like oh the alien's dead and everything's fine, but nope. There's like a small scene where they're like, you know, getting shit ready and blah blah blah. And I think I'm because they're sure they put be, because they're talking in. they're talking to Hicks when Ripley tells when like Ripley tells Bishop his I don't think he is though because they're still looking at his head like Bishop oh, yeah that's right he's fucking knocked out they're like he, he he's knocked out but he's he's sitting on the outside of the ship because Bishop's tending to his like head wounds when Ripley stops to tell him that he's done that's he's right. done a good he, job he and then he gets harp basically he's got a concussion he's being tended to by bishop but they're outside the ship when that happens because when ripley stops him to say that he did a good job and then he gets harpooned by the queen i don't think anybody put hicks back in the ship so the guy that's out there in the open unconscious not able to hold on to anything also totally fine didn't get sucked into space it's fine because of reasons and then they strapped him in it's fine and then like bloody like half bishop on the ground once the doors are closed sort of gives like his little sign off comment of like not bad for a human mm-hmm. which are sort of i mean i'm gonna give you a little bit of a spoiler it's actually not his last words but like if you're watching just this movie it's sort of like hey that's a quippy one-liner as your last words whatever so we do what we did last time we get back into the shuttle we get ourselves back down into our underwear because reasons I have a bunch of I have a bunch of different questions about this though, right? Because she doesn't have her cat now, but she's got a kid now. How does the kid fare in cryosleep? Why does the droid go in one of the cryosleep chambers? Because uh, and... he woke up in one at the beginning. 
Yeah, 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 that's true too. So does Ash and the other one, but it's still it's still weird. But also, I'm not a brain trauma specialist. But when you get a concussion, you shouldn't go to sleep. You shouldn't go to sleep, and you shouldn't go to forced sleep for a prolonged amount of time. I'm saying somebody with a fresh alien-sized concussion shouldn't be in cryo sleep. I'm just I'm just floating that one out there. Well, I'm, I'm sure Bishop cleared it or something. <laughs> <laughs> we, adjust- we don't really know the amount of time in between all of this shit, so maybe it's like been a minute, and he looked at him, and he was like, eh, you're fine. Well, when they were talking about being rescued, like, they were saying the earliest they could expect a rescue mission or a rescue team to come and get them if they got fucked was 17 days. So that leads me to believe that the nearest planet or nearest planetary system is even farther. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be in hypersleep for a little bit anyways. And, and it would really suck, you know, if the next thing, if the next movie just started with him waking <laughs> up dead. He wakes up dead. Yep. Go to bed. Wake up dead. I don't, I don't know. It's... It's really... I, I'm assuming that, that uh, What's-Her-Face, the, the kid, was in cryosleep at some point to get her to... To the to the planet, yeah. Unless... So she's probably been in cryosleep at least... Well, it, they say that people have been there for 20 years. She's clearly not 20, so... So maybe she was born there. Maybe, so maybe she, she was didn't... born there, so maybe she's never been into hyper... Maybe she's never been in cryosleep. And, I mean, the people that are in cryosleep are either, like, astronauts or military personnel, and I'm assuming there's some sort of, like, physical, like, compatibility thing, like, you need to be in this good a shape to do this. You're putting, like, a ten-year-old kid in a in a box that's well, I mean, made what for, are like... they What are they gonna do? Have her hang out while everybody else is asleep? No, just be like, all right, we're gonna leave you here for a bit, here's a walkie-talkie, we think all the aliens are dead, you just give us a shout if something kicks off. <laughs> just leave the kid awake. Just babysit. Like, well, hey, well, she touch, she hey, was touch anything. she was doing fine before they got there. That's true. That is true. If there's any kid that you're gonna be like, hey, you could stay up, just don't fucking touch anything. It'd be her. And if you take the Batmobile back out, bring it back with a full tank. Exactly. Anyway, so this is this is a lot of fun. This is really good. Uh, I'm really glad you enjoyed this more than the last one because the last I, one seems like it was I a bit of torture for one. you. Yes, I, I wouldn't say it was torture. I was just like, I didn't like anybody on there. So Everybody I, sucks. So I didn't. It didn't affect me when they died. It was just like you're all stupid. What's her name? The other, the there other, li- the other chick in the first bit, one, Lambert. There is a, yes, there is a small bit of idiot plot in this one, but not as much. Not clearly as much as the last one. Yeah, but you know what? They're so, they're know, fun. They, they're like, fun idiots in this one. In the first place, and been and listened and all of that, they probably it probably wouldn't have been as shitty as yeah. it was. But there's less idiot plot because then there's a point where everybody but what's his face, uh, 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 Hudson, like gets their shit together and is like, oh fuck, okay, we got to work together and do this. And, I mean, it does come down to a simple thing, too. Like, whether you like them or not, the characters in this movie are a lot more fun. Yes. Like, the characters in the first one are really dry. Like, really bland, really... I'm gonna argue with you, or I'm gonna die. Those are my two settings. Yes. Bland is the right word to describe them. They are very bland. Yeah. 
Third one is a lot different again. Except for Lambert. Yeah. Except for Lambert, who I fucking hate you and hate was Lambert. like, thank God she's dead. Okay, so Lambert in the last one or Vasquez in this one? Vasquez, because I eventually liked Vasquez. I like Vasquez like, from yeah, the beginning. I like Vasquez. She, she from the had beginning. the she had the little bit of the douchey marine thing going on, but I eventually liked her because eventually she's the one that's like, "Hey, hey, nut up, okay? We gotta get this shit done." Exactly. Anyways, I think we've we've talked this one to death. Um, yep. Next one's gonna be Alien Three. Uh, hopefully, next week I'm going to put I'm going to be re-releasing our commentary on last year's San Diego Comic Con. Because nothing from that Comic Con has happened yet, so our commentary is just as relevant. It's just as relevant. (laughs) Thank you, COVID. I mean, no, not not at all. But uh, so that's going to happen, and then hopefully the week after that we will have had time to sit down and watch Alien Three, and then we will be on to other stuff. Because I think after the Comic Con thing, I don't have anything left for us to re-upload, so it might go to an every other weekend or so. Type. Yeah, because this seems this every other weekend thing seems to be working for us. It does, and we've had we, we've, we've had a back catalog to reshare with everybody, but it might go to every other week or something, depending on schedules. I'm depending waiting on when... for you to post that Comic Con thing because I'm pretty sure we talk about um, which ones did we what movie did we talk about? Like, because it's all the Marvel movies, and there's one that we're like. I don't have any knowledge on this one. And then I go, I think it's this. And all the comments that were like, there's clearly a bunch of fans from that specific part of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Who are like, Oh my God, it's not even close. You crazy bitch. Who are very <laughs> upset with me. You pay attention to my comment section more than I do. <laughs> I know. I specifically remember those comments. Cause they're like, Oh my God, they're not even close to what you're talking about. Like what? And I think we went in. And I think we went into that video being like, "Look, guys, there's shit we don't know about. Yeah, like it like, is I'm what it sure is." I pulled up the Wikipedia at one point to be like, "What are these? It's like it's not Inhumans, but it's like in the same like kind uh, of like oh, uh, out there, immortal, uh, immortals, immortals. No, that's it. No, maybe it's something know. like that. Probably." It's one of those, it's like, it's not Inhumans, but it's in the same, what I would call, not vague, but like, edges of the Marvel Universe that like, only like the hardcore Marvel fans know what these are. Right. I was going to say, it's one that I couldn't even come to you for answers for. I was like, I have no idea what this is. (laughs) And I think I guessed at one point, and I remember your, your... comment section specifically was like oh my god she has no idea what the fuck she's talking about and i didn't i did not know what the fuck i was talking about and i admitted that in the video all i know now is that one some douchebag from game of thrones is in it <laughs> and that's about it and i'm really tired it's it's tired o'clock in here he went. And, he went. And watched uh, the pay per view. I did not. So. It, uh, yeah. Less. So said, you can l- tell who's more tired. Less said, the better. <laughs> I'm All just right, saying. Do your outro. I mean, what am I gonna say? Tell them where to find you. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Black Hat Feline. Uh, I'm gonna start trying to tweet during the uh, during when I'm watching the movie for for that week. Okay, that that'd be cool. I think I'm gonna try and start doing that. And I mean, if by some random fluke uh, I'm actually around at the same time, we'll maybe we'll try to sync something up. It's exactly. doomed. It's, it's doomed to fail, but yes. <laughs> Mostly on my end, but yes. I'm going to try and So follow Black Cat Feline and remind yeah, her to tweet Black... stuff. Yes, I will I will try and tweet during the movies we're watching so you can get a, so you can get a, at the time, uh, quippy one-liners that I will p- try and post because I think I'm funny. Or you're just going to hand your phone to Travis and she's going to be like, hey guys, she doesn't have much to say, she hates this movie, spazzes a dick, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> No, I will hand him to do quippy one-liners uh, as go. well. I feel like at this point we need to start, or we need to end the video or the movie review podcast with, hey, just shout out to Travis. Because I think we, yep. we end up talking about him in every pod. Especially well, while well, Godzilla. That's the only time I end up watching movies. I can't watch movies by myself because I either A, won't pay attention, or B, will fall asleep. It's just, even movies I like. So I watch them when Travis is here, and that's kind of like we have like a little date night. We get a pizza or make something for dinner, and we watch and we watch a movie that at the, at this point neither of us has seen. When we were doing Godzilla, he already knew all the shit. But neither of us have seen these, so. Everybody in the audience right now, I want you to do it with me. Aww. <laughs> Kristen does like have... like a fucking adorable-ass couple and shit. Uh, it's gross. I hate it. Kristen does have a heart somewhere buried deep I know, down, I, deep I, down I do. inside. I, I fucking do adorable-ass couple shit, and I hate it, and it hurts my soul, but it doesn't. One day you're just going to see a gif show up on one of my videos, and it's just going to be like Kristen in like a pretty, pretty frilly pink tutu or something. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so you find her at Black Cat Feline. You know where to find me or you wouldn't be here. I've been Spaz. She's been Kristen. This has been Flix Fix. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to you soon. last one of you later. But for right now, myself and Kristen, we are out of here. Take it easy, guys. Bye.